When disclosure or transparency is clouded or occasional, employees quickly form a lasting impression and believe my organization is unwilling to live up to its promise of fairness and organizational justice. Global companies face unprecedented risks and challenges in today's economy. To mitigate these legal and economic risks, companies are rapidly embracing and elevating the importance of robust ethics and compliance programs to promote positive corporate citizenship. On Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, you'll hear from industry leaders and insiders about how to create effective ethics and compliance programs that will mitigate risks and maximize financial performance. Here's your host, Michael Volkoff. Well, hello, everyone. Michael Volkoff here. And this week's episode, we're going to talk about consequence management systems. The Department of Justice has laid down a marker. Companies would be smart to understand the significant change in ethics and compliance program expectations. And companies that ignore this new landscape are gambling with their financial security and their reputational value, not just in the FCPA area, but in the sanctions enforcement area. This is going to be a very active area in companies that engage in international trade. This is even more important these days. So every company that has suffered through a DOJ investigation knows how damaging and draining such an experience can be. The purpose of an ethics and compliance program, like we all know, is to prevent and detect misconduct. And the key component of this mission is promotion of a culture of ethics and compliance. DOJ's March 2023 modifications to its evaluation of corporate compliance programs included the substitution of the element, the prior element was described as incentives and discipline. Now they've included a more robust and holistic concept of consequence management system. If you examine the definition and requirements for such a system, DOJ's vision and objective for corporate compliance programs includes new and important elements and principles. A key requirement in this area is the importance of transparency. Companies have to design and promote an employee reporting system built on transparency with respect to four essential processes. One, incentives and disincentives. Two, employee reporting. Three, internal investigations. And four, disciplinary actions. We've written and I've written about incentives and disincentives. We had just last week a podcast episode on compliance compensation systems. Now let's look at what I would call sort of the establishment of a consequence management system. And we talked about already the first element of that being incentives and disincentives. Now let's talk about the second essential element of a robust consequence management system which is an effective employee reporting system. The definition of such a system is not limited, and this is important, not limited to just a hotline and case tracking system. To the contrary, a true employee reporting system includes reports to supervisors, walk-ins to human resources, walk-ins to legal and compliance, and an automated reporting system. A company that restricts or only tracks employee reporting systems collected through a hotline platform is, by definition, restricting its ability to track and monitor all employee concerns. Third, the company's employee reporting program necessarily requires companies to establish, publish, and promote its internal investigation program 
and its commitment to protection of employee reporters and whistleblowers. Such a program has to operate promptly, fairly, and consistently to build trust with employees. If a company demonstrates its commitment to organizational justice, then employees will trust the reporting investigation system to deliver fair results. This information flow is essential to a healthy organization. Investigating employee concerns provides important root cause lessons that can be used to inform changes to other elements of an ethics and compliance program. The healthy circle of reporting requires that companies protect all reporters, employees, third parties, and whistleblowers from attempts to obstruct any investigation or retaliate against any employee through subtle or overt techniques. And a company has to do more than just mouth an anti-retaliation policy. It has to demonstrate its commitment through actions, investigations, and consequences to those employees, managers, and senior executives that attempt to retaliate or that successfully retaliate against employee reporters and whistleblowers. Finally, as part of a company's commitment to organizational justice, the company's consequence management system has to demonstrate its commitment to consistent and fair resolutions of investigations. It is obvious that disparate treatment of comparable cases will only undermine employees' belief in the company's willingness to root out misconduct and fix problems. It only takes one case of disparate treatment for employees to begin to question the company's overall fairness. Once the trust is broken, it's almost impossible to restore any sense of trust and integrity. Each of the elements discussed already have to include that fundamental principle of transparency. The more that is disclosed, the more an organization can claim its commitment to an open dialogue and accountability. When disclosure or transparency is clouded or occasional, employees quickly form a lasting impression and believe my organization is unwilling to live up to its promise of fairness and organizational justice. So let's talk about the key elements of an employee reporting system. And corporate leaders already know what to say and when to say it. For example, you'll hear CEOs saying at an employee meeting, we want to hear your concerns. We want you to bring these concerns forward and we will address them. We're all committed to this, to doing the right thing. Well, that's all well and good. It's a positive step. Don't get me wrong. But the real question is whether the company backs up its statement through specific actions. This cannot be accomplished through words, but really only through deeds, through actions. All too often, companies get ahead of themselves. They make these broad pronouncements. They sound good. They pat each other on the back, and they don't build the essential foundations and infrastructure needed to establish an effective employee reporting system. The most common deficiency in this area is fairly obvious. Companies confuse a hotline system with the requirement to create and track all employee reports from whatever source. DOJ has been clear on this issue. A company has to track all employee reports from whatever source, hotline, walk-ins, supervisory reports. This is commonly referred to as incident data. CCOs are required to obtain access to all such data, meaning HR has to share data with CCOs so that the CCOs can stay on top of employee concerns. Incident data has to include the following. Nature of the concern, source of the report, type or category of report. Is it a code of conduct violation, bribery, fraud, harassment, discrimination? The number of reports. 
geographic location of the concern and the brand product or division from which the report has emanated. If maintained on a regular basis and analyzed in real time, this data provides a clear picture of a company's culture, risks that may be developing, and areas for potential proactive intervention. It is essential for CCOs to monitor employee reporting to respond with proactive intervention strategies. The CCO needs to know how to use this data and slice this data, examine it, analyze it, and look for trends. From this, they can, for example, develop the implications and inferences about where the company's culture is weak, where it may need support, or where it may be strong and it doesn't need as much support, and you may reallocate some resources to an area that does require more support. It is clear that employee reporting data is an important indicator of a company's overall health. In some cases, potential problems can raise significant risks if not addressed. So a CCO needs to collect this data from across the organization through coordination with the internal partners, as I mentioned, human resources, but also security, finance, legal, other important partners. And they've mandated such sharing be done, quote unquote, and this is the important quote, across the levels, geographies, units, or departments of a company. If a company ignores this clear mandate from DOJ, it does so with the attendant and unaddressed risks. CCOs need to take this data, slice and dice it among various categories to identify trends and raise questions and develop follow-ups. Also with this important source of information, CCOs can report regularly to senior management and the board, and it's one important measure of overall health of an organization. Incident data is just one of many sources, but it's a critical one. Corporate boards that are engaged should learn about their employee reporting their employee concerns, the status of any significant investigation, and trends in overall reporting and investigation data. CCOs have to lead on this issue and educate corporate boards and senior management on the crucial function of employee reports. CCOs have to ensure that the internal message is clear. The company wants to hear from employees. The company is committed to investigate and address any misconduct, and the company will promptly and fairly conclude such investigations and meet out appropriate disciplinary actions in a fair and consistent manner. When a company fails to implement an employee reporting system that's effective, the company's risks increase exponentially. Really, the question is, do you have an effective internal investigation program? Because once the concerns come in, now the question is triage and investigation, reporting back, conclusion, and consequences. Chief compliance officers, in my view, are truth tellers that comes with the territory. They know whether an internal investigation program is effective or not. There's not a lot of gray in this area from my standpoint. They know what is effective. They know what it looks like, and they can quickly spot a weak one. And this comes from experience. Too many companies fail to understand how valuable an effective internal investigation program can be to the overall health of a company. When operating on all cylinders with independence and effective strategies and processes, this will encourage employee reporting. You are able then to triage employee concerns, to prioritize those based on importance and risk to the organization, promptly resolve the employee concern in a fair and consistent manner, inform the compliance program of any necessary changes, 
for remediation that may be necessary, also to the company's risk profile, and then create and implement demonstrable compliance program improvements. Now, that's more than a mouthful, but it is an important set of principles that can advance a company's culture and protect the company's most important intangible asset, its reputation. Now, internal investigations provide valuable lessons learned that can be used to identify potential gaps, but can be used also in training and can be used as examples of ways in which employees can know what is the right course, what is the wrong course. And it can then be helpful in preventing future misconduct. So as a basic initial requirement, every company should adopt a written internal investigation protocol that is published internally, promoted internally to demonstrate a commitment to transparency. And those protocols and procedures should be followed to the T. Aside from a comprehensive set of procedures, the internal investigation protocol should address common situations that may arise and include a strong statement of protection of employees and whistleblowers from retaliation. Now, DOJ has stressed the importance of incorporating a root cause analysis into the internal investigation program. This sounds good on paper, but in practice, it's a little more nuanced. You can't just say, okay, this is the exact cause. Really, what it requires is a careful analysis of what I call contributing factors, contributing factors to an overall set of events underlying an instance of misconduct. As part of the contributing factor analysis, investigators have to assign percentage estimates or weights to individual factors that may contribute in part to an overall pattern or instance of misconduct. And this requires some discretionary judgment and can potentially raise inconsistencies in your root cause analysis. So you have to be careful when you're applying this. An internal investigation program also has to begin with a coordinated team to triage employee concerns as they're reported. A triage team consisting of representatives from legal, compliance, HR, finance, internal audit should review each concern or get notified of each concern to determine who should staff the investigation with appropriate expertise, the relative seriousness of the allegation, and establish a time frame and expectation for resolution. After the initial assignment, the progress of the investigation should be tracked internally, and oversight of the investigation should occur on a regular interval. Deadlines should be set and follow-up meetings should be established for consultations, And opening and closing decisions and resolutions should be handled by an internal committee, not by an individual. To ensure consistency across internal investigations, companies have to define those procedures and documentation requirements to ensure consistent execution. A comprehensive training program for investigators should be conducted. Additional staff resources may be needed to supplement existing investigation staff. And again, a training program should include these additional staff who may be called upon in certain situations to help in the investigations. A training program has to be crafted in line with the internal investigation policies and procedures to ensure that internal investigations are properly scoped, accurately categorized as to seriousness, properly documented using available templates and planning documents, including investigation checklists, witness interview forms, and investigation reports. And an essential check on your internal investigation performance is that internal oversight committee watches over investigations, 
that's responsible for monitoring progress, ensuring proper conduct and prompt conduct of investigations, and resolving investigations in a consistent and fair manner. And as a further check on the company's internal investigation program, compliance review should be conducted periodically through random sampling of completed internal investigations. The periodic reviews should focus on adherence to procedures, proper scoping, documentation, quality assessment, and proper resolution. Such a review should not be conducted to second-guess the internal investigation, but to make sure the investigators conducted a proper investigation, followed the policies, documented the steps they took, the reasons underlying their determination is adequately set forth, and the basis for the conclusion as to whether the allegation was substantiated or not. Anyways, so that's our consequence management system. Remember to consider this with regard to your compliance compensation system. So we have two systems. It's a compliance compensation system and a robust consequence management system. They have to operate together, and that is the new element of the effective evaluation of compliance programs and the expectations that was put out by the Justice Department in this area. Well, thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next week for another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by subscribing on your favorite listening platform. To learn more and connect with Michael Volkov, go to volkovlaw.com. 